Welcome to episode 97 of Crack the Customer Code. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the governor of good service, my friend, Adam Toporek. <laughs> I love it. The governor. You know, you're yes. not a Walking Dead fan, but that's a very good Walking Dead reference. Is it? See, I didn't. Yeah, I, I'm totally meant to do that. Except he was a horrible, <laughs> evil person. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to be him, but thank you for that anyways. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> See, even when I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It is not possible. <laughs> or maybe you just look at the dark side of everything. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I went straight for Walking Dead. It's the governor. <laughs> So, uh, you know, speaking of loyalty to one of my favorite shows, we also have loyalty to customers. And that's an do. important that's a important concept. Obviously, we have covered it a lot. And question is, how do you keep it? But how do you track it? Mm -hmm. Does it's satisfaction really good actually track loyalty? And these are a few of the big questions that people have written entire books on that we're going to cover in the next 10 minutes today. So. <laughs> First, give or, give or take a few minutes. I have a question for you. Do you have a sponsor message? I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> do you know your customer experience mission? Our mission at 360 Connects is to create fewer ruined days for customers. We help our clients with workshops to create their own missions and deliver more for their customers. Find out more about our half day to clarity workshops at 360connects.com slash speaking. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com slash speaking. And if you'd like to reach our specialized audience of customer service and customer experience leaders, you can be a show sponsor. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. That is crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Well, Adam, I think you bring up a good point because loyalty is elusive, isn't it? It's difficult. It's something we all want, but not necessarily something we, we get every time. And there's been a long history of trying to track customer loyalty through metrics like customer satisfaction rates or net promoter score and others like the loyalty index. And so I think the question here is, do those actually track loyalty? <laughs> because I think when you peel the, the layers of loyalty, it's really an emotion. It's really an emotional connection that somebody has. And so it's great to be satisfied. It's great to say that you'll refer friends and family to an organization, but does that really represent loyalty? Hmm, let's see. Do metrics represent how people feel? I feel like we might have talked about this in our careers a couple of thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, and that's the catch, of course. You go you can't present feelings that well. You can present anecdotal feelings, but you can't tell all, how all your customers feel and put that in a nice tidy report. So we look for the things that are indicators that are able to hopefully give us an indication of what we want to know, even though it's unknowable. And that's what all of the drama, all of the arguments about, is this metric better? What's the best metric? What's the best indicator of loyalty is? Which ones will actually tell you the real truth, that ever elusive actual 
truth. And that's the hard part. Uh, you know, I'm net promoter certified and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of customer effort score. And of course there's the standard CSAT and all of these things. I, you know, to me, there's, there's a lot of arguments and there's a lot of academics that have tackled this to me. It really depends on your context and your company. Mm -hmm. And one, I think we've said this about a hundred times, but I will say it again. If you rely on any single metric, just go home. <laughs> <laughs> just call. Just, just pack your bags and go home. Well, and I think it started. You know, people were tracking customer satisfaction rates for many, many years, even decades, and promoting those in advertising and marketing. You know, we have a ninety-eight percent satisfaction rate, and then Fred Reichold really changed the game when he came up with the one question survey, which eventually became the net promoter score, which is on a scale from one to 10, how likely are you to refer this company to friends? Such a simple question. And yet it, the reason it's so important is because it asks about behavior and action you're going to take. And so that can represent how somebody feels. I'm not going to refer you to an organization that I didn't have a good experience with if we're really friends. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe we should come up with like the evil NPS and ask, <laughs> would you recommend this company to your arch enemy? <laughs> or uh, let's see, uh, based on all of the intros we've done to the show, it could be, what company is Jeannie likely to recommend Adam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that we could have our own scale, the Adam scale. Uh <laughs> Ooh, I like that already. <laughs> I'm buying in. I can, I can come up with a pretty good acronym, I think, if you let me. Um, <laughs> so I think it's, it's interesting because I think what I've seen in the industry, and I think we, we've all seen this, is you know satisfaction rate was kind of the gold standard for a long time. Then it became NPS. Now people are experimenting with things like customer effort score, which is essentially how easy do you make it to be a customer, as well as the loyalty index, which has all sorts of things in it. So I don't think it's said and done that there's one metric that measures loyalty. I think it helps, certainly, and it gives you an indicator. And so if you have a baseline and you know that, okay, we're at a six for NPS, well, that's not so great. So if you get to a seven, that's progress. If you get to a five, you're really going down the tubes. You <laughs> And so having those indicators certainly helps. But, you know, there was one case study that I became aware of um, where a an organization really started asking deeper questions to some of their clients. And they were a B2B company. They had long-term relationships. And what they realized was that customer satisfaction rates actually indicated how long a customer would stay with them more than NPS. Now, that's really unusual. And they did a lot of work to come to this conclusion. But I think it was a good example of really looking at what outcome are we really looking for? Somebody can say they're loyal all day long and still leave you the next day. And so if you're looking at behavior tied with these metrics, that were, that's where the magic of the data is, I think. And that's something that a lot of organizations miss out on just by not asking those questions. It has to be a piece of the pie. So I, I saw that uh study you're talking about with satisfaction being greater than NPS. Of course, when Corporate Executive Board came out with a CES customer effort score, mm -hmm. one of the things that sort of lit the world on fire was they claimed it was a better indicator than NPS. Mm -hmm. And if you look at all of these things, I think you're still, all of that asks the wrong question. Because you cannot, for instance, let's take NPS. I'll talk about a few things I like and don't like about NPS. One, it is a great metric. 
It's a simple mm-hmm. metric. People understand it. I'm getting a little tired of it, but it's a great metric <laughs> because now it pops up, right? It's so funny being in the business and you're on these websites and, and you do your little chat or something and the NPS question comes up, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I got you, NPS. Yep. Uh, so, but it's a great indicator. It really is of how are people willing to take action on your behalf? How does that measure loyalty? And it, there's a lot of indication it does represent loyalty. Now, here are the problems with NPS or a few of them. One, okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't answer why. That tells mm-hmm. you how they feel. That's like, you know, uh, your husband telling you, Jeannie, I'm furious at you and walking out of the room. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why is that? It'd be helpful to <laughs> know why. <laughs> yeah, you can probably guess it, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um, Second thing is, I think it's becoming ubiquitous, as I mentioned, and that's actually not a good thing in some ways because everybody is building their programs around it. Right. I mean, everyone's using NPS, and so many people are building huge programs and huge initiatives and huge mindsets around NPS that, of course, if that's what you're focused on, you're not focused on anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think you can become a little metric blind. Mm-hmm. Because it's because of its popularity. I mean, kudos to them. It's their, uh, you know, kudos to Reichelt and um, right. uh, the, right. the whole organization because they've done an amazing job of inculcating it in the customer experience world and customer service culture. But I think there's a little bit of blindness there. So those are a few things. And I think you have to look at everything holistically. And as you were saying, you know, it's, a, it's about human emotions. So how do you find mm-hmm. how people feel? And these are, to me, starting points. They're all starting points. Well, and I think you hit on a couple things there. One is survey fatigue, right? Because if you interact with enough organizations, you see that question over and over and over. It it becomes to lose some of the meaning. And in one case, I was working with a client, and they were they were really gung ho on NPS because somebody had come in and you know given them the option for it, and they thought it was great. The problem was they were B two B client. Um, and so, or organization, I should say. And so they had all these relationships with their clients and account managers and all that. So they tasked one guy in the organization every month to call, because they, they didn't have a huge pool of customers, to call all of their customers and ask this question. And he said by month three, he felt like an idiot <laughs> because he was <laughs> like, guess what I'm asking you about? And so the whole idea of building relationships through this had lost its meaning somewhere and become a nuisance to not only the customers, but also the person put in charge of it. So I think if you miss the nuance of it, that really leads to survey fatigue in a big way. And the other thing that uh, came to mind when you were speaking was, you know, several episodes ago, I'll have to look it up, uh, the number, we'll put it in the show notes. But when Raj from eBay was on talking about, you know, there are organizations that become metric centric, so that they don't really do anything about it. They just like celebrate when they go up 0.1% and they say, well, we went down 0.1% next month. You know, what are, what are we going to do about that? And then it goes up a little and they celebrate again. So they don't really look into what's causing this and what can we do about it and how can we really make things great for the customer because it's the right thing to do, not just to move the needle a little bit one way or the other. And so I think there are several layers to this that it's it's so deceptively simple and straightforward that it's easy to implement NPS and kind of think it's the end-all, be-all. Same thing with satisfaction. I mean, if if you've ever been to a car dealer and you're trying to leave and they 
tell you to fill out that survey and say, give me all tens or I'll call you basically. That's, that's a warped version of what satisfaction rate should be. And I think that's what we're asking leaders to really look at. Are you using these metrics for the right reasons? And are they being used in the spirit that they should be used? Well, exactly. Because, I mean, there's a lot of ways to use NPS. You can use it transactionally. You can use it relationally. Mm-hmm. And knowing how and where it's going to make a difference and you're going to be able to act on it is part of that key. And the, right. other, the other thing I know an organization that uses NPS, they live and die by it. They don't have any benchmarks in their industry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. Right. Uh, quite frankly, right. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, it's great that you have a high NPS, you know, compared to the world's NPS. But I personally think there's some things in this industry that make it uh, skew higher just mm-hmm. naturally. So the real question is, what's a benchmark for that industry? So there's so many layers to it. And I think what you said is know why you're using it mm-hmm. and you know, to what effect, because there are lies, there are damn lies, and there are, <laughs> and there are statistics. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I think that's about it. <laughs> well, and I think a good, a good, uh, you know, company to emulate, and we've talked about them a few times, Zappos, which they have, you know, this reputation, and it's well earned for exceptional customer service, and also the culture that supports that. And so they track what they call service level in their call centers. And it's really a simple metric for them internally. And that's the goal of answering 80% of calls within 20 seconds. And so I think looking at that as an example of What do you really want to track? You want to track behavior within your organization as well in order to deliver the experience. So what can you actually track around that uh, to make things happen for your organization? So we like metrics. We just, you know, people need to know what they're used for, how they're used for, and how to use them. They are tools. Don't use a hammer where a screwdriver is necessary. Yes. And until we do have the perfect metric, which Jeannie is working on, the Atom metric, (laughs) you're welcome to use these in your customer experience uh, (laughs) programs and initiatives all right Jeannie. well this has been fun you know i always love metrics so (laughs) (laughs) that macroeconomics and you're a happy camper i am a happy camper all right well thank you so much for listening to episode 97 of crack the customer code you can get our show notes and all of those fun things at crackthecustomercode.com I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and be among the first to hear about upcoming webinars, learning opportunities, and more at 360connects.com slash subscribe. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.